Welcome to Take America Back, a program of information and inspiration. Take America Back is for patriotic Christians to learn what they can do to bring America back to God. Now here is your host, Lee Watts. Hello, patriots, and welcome again to the program covering the news from a Christian, conservative, constitutional, and common sense point of view. Well, sadly, we have had some shootings in the last week or so, and so the uh, gun-grab politicians are not wasting any kind of a disaster and are immediately trying to politicize this and again calling for confiscation of guns, registration of guns, uh, just making everybody get rid of their guns. Kamala Harris and multiple top aides to Joe Biden have said publicly that they support, quote, mandatory gun buybacks, end quote. Now, this would force Americans to give your guns up to the government, but the government would have to pay you. Uh, I don't care if they are going to pay me top dollar. I'm not, I don't think I should have to give up my guns. This is a constitutional right. Now, among those who have expressed support for this mandatory gun buyback policy is Cedric Richmond. He is a senior advisor to the Biden administration and is the director of the Office of Public Engagement. And this is something that the Democrats have been pushing now for years and pushing hard and heavy, even just last year during the presidential debates. Uh, during the presidential campaign, Democrats were very excited about comments from former uh, Congressman Beto O'Rourke, a uh, Democrat from Texas, when he said he would happily take Americans' guns. This is what he said, quote, Yes, we are going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s. End quote. Now, the night that he said that, Jen Paskey, who is today Joe Biden's press secretary, she said, quote, yes, thank you. Take guns, please. End quote. And this is the press secretary for Joe Biden today saying, yes, take guns, take them away from the people. But she's not alone in that. Jennifer O'Malley Dillon, who right now, today, is Biden's deputy chief of staff, that she supports mandatory gun buybacks as well. I mean, we have mandatory, again, a mandate. And Joe Biden has said this week that he is considering executive action on gun control. I don't know about the rest of you out there in America, but I am personally, as my dear sainted mother used to say, sick and tired of executive orders and mandates, bypassing the legislature, bypassing the law, bypassing the process, just one person just decreeing, I decree this is a mandate, You, I mandate you have to turn these in, or if you don't, illegal possession of firearms is a felony and covers up more than a year in jail, sometimes five years in jail. We see it being done by the president. We seeing it being done by the governor. And until some legislators start standing up and saying, listen, you are not allowed to do this. And there's actually consequences that we're going to see executive branch officials continuing to just decree things and get away with anything they want. 
when you think about it, what has been the consequence that we'll talk about executive orders here on the state level? Andy Bashir has issued all kinds of executive orders that have broken the Constitution. We've even had the court saying what you're doing is illegal. And yet, what has been the repercussion? What consequences has Andy Bashir faced for issuing his uh, decrees that violated the highest law of the land, the Constitution? The consequence to him has been nothing. All the legislature did is said, you're not allowed to do that again. Well, he wasn't allowed to do it in the first place. That's why the court ruled what you did is illegal. So passing another law saying it's illegal is redundant because we already had laws that said that. And again, we've hit it before when he said you're not allowed to go to church. That violates the freedom of religion. When he said you're not allowed to have more than eight people in your own home, that violates freedom of assembly. When he said you're not allowed to have protest against me, the Capitol, violates freedom of speech. When he says you're not allowed to travel in and out of the state, that violates the Kentucky Constitution, which specifically says that the governor cannot forbid travel in and out of the state. Four or five different specific constitutional violations, and the consequence to him has been nothing. Joe Biden now considering executive action on gun control, and until some legislators up there in Congress start restraining this, we are going to have continued tyranny and just mandates and executive orders bypassing the people. He wants to have an assault weapons ban. Now, let's think about assault weapons. Assault, first of all, is an action. It is not a device. You can be assaulted with an old-fashioned, like, Wild West-era revolver. You could assault people with that. You walk in somewhere with two or three, four of those, and you can do one of those mass shootings, and that's with an old-fashioned, Western-style revolver. And it is we got a problem here is that whenever that there is one of these horrible shooting incidences, all of the blame seems to be shifted to the weapon and not to the person. It was President Ronald Reagan who even was shot and after he was shot continued to support gun rights because he says that whenever there's a shooting, we need to blame the individual, not the thing that they use. I think about this a biblical example. God did not blame the rock. He blamed Cain for killing Abel. God didn't say, hey, we need to have a rock ban uh, where you're not allowed to have any rocks on your person or carry them around or be near those because you might be able to kill somebody with one of those rocks. However, we are seeing that not only is uh, Joe Biden considering executive mandatory gun buybacks, but the United States Congress is pushing forward on more gun registrations, more anti-freedom to bear arms legislation. This past week, the United States Congress passed House Resolution Number 8, which increases background checks on individuals. So you're not even allowed to sell your revolver to your neighbor unless they go through an extensive background check. And if you do, then you have broken the law. And, of course, you got to pay for all these as well. Then there's House Resolution 1446, which did pass the United States House of Representatives this week. And it wanted to extend the federal waiting period to get a gun and allow them longer to do background checks. Right now, the law says the feds have three days to conduct a background check. They want to more than triple that to make it 10 days. And here's part of the problem with that. 
states also will say, well, we want to do a background check and the counties and the cities. And so let me give a little example about where this is causing some major problems because you get all these different groups saying, well, we just want to take a few days to do a background check. There was a Miss Carol Brown over in New Jersey, and she had a was in a, an abusive relationship, got out of that relationship. She had called the police repeatedly saying, I am in danger from my ex-boyfriend and had uh, registered to try to get a gun. She was over in New Jersey. And more than two months go by, she stops by the police station to say, listen, I what's holding up with my problem here to get a weapon? I feel under threat. And they still didn't give it to her. And then later that same week, after being on the waiting list for more than two months, was stabbed to death in her own driveway by her boyfriend. And here's a kick in the teeth. Even if she had been out there with a gun, she would be uh, the criminal in this case because according to New Jersey law, where she got stabbed to death in her own driveway, you're not allowed to have a gun outside of your house. You can own a gun, but you just can't take it outside your home. Since she's in her own driveway, stabbed to death, if she would have had a gun, they still would have said that she was the criminal. This is the danger and the insanity of these gun uh, registrations, all these gun restriction laws. Criminals do not obey the law. Now, fortunately, we had a Kentucky congressman who was trying to argue some sanity and to push back against this new gun registration, the gun delay rights that we would have. We're going to listen now to a clip of Congressman Thomas Massey, who represents the northern sections of Kentucky, when he was trying to push back against this House Resolution Number 8. Here are the words of Congressman Thomas Massey during those congressional debates. Just imagine now that you're the victim of an abusive relationship, and after five years you've summoned the courage and the resources to separate from that relationship. But things have escalated, and now you've decided it's time to acquire the means to protect you and your children. So you go to the gun store and you try to buy a gun. The clerk presses the computer button. It says, denied. You ask the clerk, why was it denied? I don't know. This happens sometimes. Maybe you had a similar name to somebody else in the database. You can't buy a gun today, tomorrow, next week. Not ever. You've been denied. So you go to a friend, a friend you've known for a long time. Your friend says, I'd like to help you. You say, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the night. The friend says, I'd like to help you. But don't you know H.R. 8 passed and it was signed by the president. I can't spend a year in a cage. Good luck tonight. Yeah, that was Congressman Massey. He has perfectly summed up exactly what we're talking about here is that we're going to delay being able to get a gun and people who are actually in danger may not be able to get one. And all it's going to be doing is emboldening the criminals. It doesn't actually help law-abiding citizens at all. And some of the other congressmen weighed in on this. We had Representative Chip Roy, a Republican from Texas, and he was arguing against this bill. He's like, listen, this is, this is what he said word for word, quote, this is about creating a gun registry to track guns of the American people. There is no way to implement what the Democrats are trying to implement without doing that, end quote. Well, the Democrats pushed through two bills on the floor with no regular orders, no hearing times, and they allowed no meaningful input about any of these bills, just 
pushed them on through. And here's one of the things they had a congressman, Gabriel Giffords, who had got shot here a few years ago. Well, you know what? Her shooter passed all the background checks, so that wouldn't have even have stopped anything. Uh, free people do not need to ask permission to bear arms. I like the words that Kentucky Senator Rand Paul said about this. He said, quote, The only thing that can deter a crazy person with a gun is a sane person with better aim. End quote. And boy, is Senator Paul and Kentucky Congressman Massey correct. I'm glad we have two guys like that up in Washington that represent Kentucky, represent some conservative values and some common sense. And all of this just supports what the Bible has laid out for us as biblical principles anyway. Remember the words that Jesus Christ himself spoke in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11 and verse number 21. He said, When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. End quote. Now that's Jesus Christ himself. He says, when you're armed, then you can keep yourself and your stuff in peace. And the same thing works in reverse. If you are not armed, then neither you nor your stuff is going to be in peace. I've heard some of the liberals saying, if you shoot a home intruder, somebody breaks in your house, then you're valuing your stuff more than their life. Well, once again, the liberals have got it completely backwards. Somebody breaks in my house, they are bre they are valuing their life less than my stuff. Uh, so I think this idea of gun grabs, it's unconstitutional, it's unbiblical, it doesn't make even any common sense. Let's give you another biblical quote on this. Notice what Jesus said in Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 36. He that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So here we have Jesus Christ himself again saying, listen, we, you, first of all, you need to have weapons in your home to protect you or your stuff. And then he was getting ready to walk through an area of town with some of his disciples. And he says, hey, have we got any weapons to carry around with us? And when they checked, the disciples said, yes, Lord, we actually have two swords with us. So Jesus said, listen, you need to have weapons in your home. You need to carry weapons on your person so that you can defend yourselves. You don't shoot to kill, you shoot to stay alive. And don't let a bunch of politicians who surround themselves with barbed wire, towel walls, and armed guards tell you that you shouldn't be able to defend yourself. Well, it's about all the time we have to go over this on this week. Uh, so I hope you'll tune in next week to keep track of the different laws that are going on. And until then, be informed, be involved, be armed, and let freedom ring. Thanks for listening to Take America Back, a radio program part of God and Country Ministry. This is an entirely faith-supported work. If you would like to contribute to this effort or learn more about what you can do to Take America Back, visit us online at GodandCountryMinistry.com. That's GodandCountryMinistry.com.